Welcome to The Follow-Up, a weekly podcast that goes in-depth into projects recently reviewed on Brand New, featuring conversations with the designers and sometimes their clients, uncovering the context, background, and design decisions behind the work. Hi, this is Brian Gomez-Palacio, and welcome to episode 6 of The Follow-Up. This week, we're following up on the new identity for OneFootball, a football media platform headquartered in Berlin with one of the most popular mobile football apps in the world and huge followings on YouTube and Instagram where they cover news, scores, highlights, and more. The project, designed by the London UK Office of Design Studio, was posted on brand new on June 30th. You can pull it up on your browser at bit.ly slash bnpodcast006. That is bit dot ly slash BN podcast 006, all in lowercase. This week, we are joined by Vinny Mystery, design director at Design Studio, and Ulf German, creative director at OneFootball. In this conversation, we get to hear about how an important bit of research insight about how fans consume football led to the energetic identity, how this identity has given OneFootball a visual language to make its product recognizable, and how Design Studio arrived at such a, literally, mind-blowing icon. Now, let's listen in as Armin follows up with Vinny and Ulf. Welcome to the follow-up. Today we have, on this recording session, a global convergence of people from important cities around the world, including Vinny from London, UK, Ulf from Berlin, Germany, and me from Bloomington, Indiana. So welcome, Vinny and Ulf, to the follow-up. Hey, Armin. Thank you for inviting me on the show. Yeah, thanks also for having me. To get us started so that our listeners can know who's who, would you mind telling us your name and your title? Sure thing. I'm Vinny. I'm the design director at Design Studio. And I'm Ulf, uh, creative director at OneFootball. Ulf, let's start with you. What led OneFootball to undergo this redesign at this moment in its history? I think there were a couple of reasons uh, for it. First of all, that we that we grew as a company over over time of 12 years. And what we used to be back then is, is quite different from, from who we are today. And everything that we had before didn't really represent what we are doing today. And we always pretty much had to explain ourselves um, and our ambitions and everything. We, every, every time we did that, people were quite surprised to hear um, what's behind all this because they never saw it in, in the way we express it in, in our product, in our app. Uh, also, we were always the service that, that provided aggregated news and scores. The app is still the, the focus of what we are doing, but we're running uh, YouTube channels. We are organizing events. So an example, we, we did a football tournament in, in Brazil and we're also teaming up with quite big clubs, uh, rights holders, and, and B2B partners. So it's, it's much more than we were in the very beginning or when we did our last rebranding in, in 2014. And then, of course, we are talking about football. It's quite an emotional sport where people are super ambitious about, and, and all of this emotion was never, never expressed uh, in the app, but uh, also never in the brand itself. 
So one question that I asked a few minutes before when we started recording this podcast session, except that I didn't hit the record button and we had to start over again. So what you're hearing now, listeners, is the second round of the first couple of questions of the show. But one thing that came up in the previous non-recorded version was that there was a lack of awareness of what one football was, that a lot of people had the app installed, they just didn't realize what it was called. Did you know that this was a thing or did you just discover this recently? No, I mean, we, we pretty much experienced it um, over all the years that um, whenever we, we talk to people about uh, one football, I mean, we the first thing I always used to say was not I'm working at one football, I always used to say I'm working at a at a football app, uh, and then second question, which one? I said one football, uh, and most of most of the people thought that they don't know it, and then they open up their phone and, and check the football apps and realize that they do have it, but simply didn't know that it's called one football because everything that we did was so generic and so replaceable that what stick to people's mind was probably the service itself, but never the brand. Yeah, so it's interesting that you had a great product, but no brand recognition. The verse is usually the more common, where, where companies have some brand recognition, but not a great product, or at least not all the time. So, uh, Vinny, switching over to you, how did Design Studio get involved in the project? Um, originally, it was pitched. Uh, OneFootball gave us a brief and explained that actually the brand's quite outdated. It doesn't really represent who they are as a business or a brand today. It didn't reflect their audience. And so we had to take that in mind and then consider the whole visual and verbal toolkit. So we started to create a point of view here in London and Cam, our creative director, and some of the team went over to Berlin and actually started to question everything from the identity. So looking at the logo, looking at the color, the imagery, does that feel right? Looking at the content, is that right? Uh, and also looking at the overall experience of the brand as well. And I think from that whole sort of um, understanding of one football, our major question was, what does one football actually stand for? What do they want to represent in the world? And, and that worked. We won the pitch. And, and here we are today. Usually uh, with pitches, you just reply to what's asked of you. But it sounds like you went above and beyond what the initial request was. And that's what got you in the door to just talk further about it and then get the project. Uh, if I may add something to it, um, probably I wouldn't say they, they went beyond. But what I can definitely say, they nailed it by delivering exactly what we asked for. And this might sound so obvious, but what we pretty much asked every agency for was, was to give us an idea of how they approached a project like ours before with other clients. And while pretty much everyone came to us, so either it, it was on the phone or, or people also came here and then quite a big group of people. And then what they did was always kind of explaining us the reason for a rebranding and, and the, the, the value of it, where we were already beyond this point. We knew that we want to do it. We just were searching for the right partner. And then there was always this kind of anecdote um, where, where these agencies explained it with a chart uh, where they showed how Airbnb did a rebranding in 2014-15 and said like, yeah, look at, look at Airbnb, like they were here and they had all these competitors and then they, they, then they did the rebranding and then they accelerated and now they are over the moon and this could happen to you when you do a rebranding. And all of, the, all of these discussions over hundreds of slides and Design Studio was just straight to the point. They came to us 
um, three people and they said, look guys, if we are working together, we are the team you're working with. Uh, and that was the truth. <laughs> and here is how we approached a few other projects. And yeah, it was three people, uh, probably 10 slides and just straight to the point and so convincing with such a great storytelling that there was no question after that. And they happen to be the firm that designed Airbnb, which all these other studios are pointing out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah and it's interesting because I think Airbnb is such a, a mi not a milestone, but I think it's, a, it's such a, a big case for good design affecting a business in a very positive way that coincided with Airbnb growing. But I think a lot of clients will reference Airbnb as something that they want to do, just go from, from kind of like their startup vibes into a more mature identity. And Airbnb is, is a perfect example. So Vinny, back to you. So once you got the job, um, on your project page, it says that you work with uh, research spe specialists, CrowdDNA, to learn more about one football's audience. Was this before the pitch or after the pitch? It's a bit of both. I think it was mainly more after the pitch that we started to take all of their, their insights. I think what's, what's really interesting is that the way we all consume football is, is totally different. It's, it's an individual experience. And for one football in particular, it was important for us to understand Generation Z's relationship with with football and when 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 crowd dna came on board they um when they started to explore that relationship and i think more importantly for us help us understand the emotional drivers for consuming football especially for that for that sort of audience so they spoke to lots of people in in germany in brazil in uk and i think they sort of bucketed their information in in, in three ways the first was understanding the wider context actually understanding who generation z actually is this generation of contradiction then looking at the football experience, diving into like that content journey, understanding the, the emotion and the, the content is actually all connected. So it's not about being loud all of the time. But then also just looking at one, one football and really unpacking that. So understanding their existing perceptions of one football and the brand and the app, what people liked about the brand and the experience and what people didn't like about that experience. And what was really interesting is after we sort of collated all this, this information and, and started to understand it, we found this really, really important part, which sort of delivered like our whole brand in essence. And, and that was about understanding how emotion and content is constantly interlinked. They showed us this one page in particular where they sort of broke down the game to a pre-game, to mid-game, and then to post-game. So pre-game is where actually where calm's most needed. That's where you're way more rational and that's where everything's much more fact-based. Uh, then you've got mid-game. So this is where it's most turbulent. This is where you're, as, a, as an audience member, most excited. You're so engrossed in this game. But actually then for one football, that means that's actually audience time. That's not for us to disturb that time and, and, and infiltrate that time. Then you have post-game, and this is where probably the our audiences are, are most explosive, most chaotic. If they won, they're super happy. If they're sad, they're super angry. So it's a time to be loud, where you can brag, where you can be angry and, and show your sort of emotions. And I think this, this sort of spectrum gave us an idea for, for how the brand can start to manifest. It's this idea that, that this vibe is constantly in flux. It's, it's constantly changing. And we need to create a brand that, that adapts to your rhythm, whether you're, you're happy because you won or whether you're sad because you, because you lost, whether you want peace and quiet or you want some pre-game hype to get you excited for the game. 
Yeah, that is some really significant insight. And I think it applies not just to uh, football games, but I think just to life events in general, how, you know, you're, uh, you know, whatever it is, there's uh, the expectation, then there's the moment of reality, and then there's coping with whatever happened. So it's, uh, I think that's uh, some pretty actionable insight that we, we can all apply in different facets of our life. So speaking about the audience, uh, Ulf, on your website, it mentions that 75% of your audience is between 13 and 34 years old. Has this always been the case or was there ever a, a shift in age based on something that you did with the content? No, I don't think there's too much to connect it to the content. So, I mean, we, so we started out in, in 2008 uh, being actually one of the first thousand apps uh, in the Apple App Store. And I think back then our, our first users were simply the, the early adopters. Like the, the audience from back then grew over time with us. Uh, but all the other markets that we entered um, in the years after, and especially with a, I would say, a bit of a different approach since 2014, we can clearly see that the people we are reaching with the, with the offers that we have are in that young age simply because we are where they are. We are on these social platforms where probably some others aren't yet, and we also have a bit of a... Uh, influencer marketing approach where we are reaching more these younger audience because they feel more attracted by that. So it's more in the more in how we reach people than than in our content strategy. Yeah, one of the reasons I asked that is because the new design system feels very young. Uh, so you're clearly targeting that demographic. You know that that is your sweet spot. You know that, that, that they're there. But was there any concern in perhaps you would push away that smaller 25% older demographic? Or you know, it's like maybe it's this app is just not for them as the, as the best option? Of course, we thought about that, but it was never the focus of our thoughts. So in general, everything that we are doing with our core and the, the app itself, we are quite careful. I mean, if you compare the brand, uh, as you also presented it in, in your blog, um, to what you're seeing uh, in the app, there, there is a bit of a gap because we didn't apply all the colors, all the, we call them high patterns in there. And we have quite a straight to the point user experience and, and a quite a minimalistic approach. And whenever we add something, we do want to make sure that it's the best for the users, no matter the age. Uh, where our concerns were was much more than in the change itself, because uh, we did a bit of a, we did a smaller rebranding in 2014, and where we then also mainly changed the user experience of the app. And that's where people got confused. And um, actually through that, we lost also quite some, some users. So this time, we just wanted to be careful that we are not doing the same mistakes as last time. But yeah, I mean, we do consider ourselves still being an app for every football fan out there, but our activities might be more towards this younger audience and how they consume football. I think that's a good distinction in how you get people or how you get new people to the app versus how the app behaves once you're in it. 
in it. And I think it speaks to the that insight from the research firm about the different states of emotion when you're uh, interacting with this content. Like once you're in the app, you want to consume the content. You, you don't want to be constantly hyped up about the content. Like you just want to like see the highlights, read the scores, read the news, whatever it is. So Vinny, it is time to get to that question that everybody wants to hear about. How in the world did you arrive at that great icon? And before you answer, I need to point out that the the poll that we have on Brand New that has great, fine, and bad votes, at one point, it was 90% great, which is a remarkable achievement on Brand New. So you have the floor, sir. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's that's great to hear. Um... I think when we when we started with the development of the logo, I think we knew it had to be an evolution, uh, especially when we had conversations with the CEO and the rest of the brand team. And I think what was really important to consider is that we knew that the symbol would live in the smallest of spaces. It was going to be an app icon. It had to be in these avatars. And what we wanted to do as an evolution is start to uh, simplify the mark. So we started to dissect the current mark and simplifying it back to its essentials, removing the circle firstly, and then starting to remove the body until we're just left with the, with the legs and then the ball. And then one of our designers, Yannick, actually started to, to take those components and, and modify them ever so slightly. And all of a sudden we sort of turned it into a curved leg and then we thought, actually that looks like a one. And then all of a sudden it decided to, to organically manifest from there. Me and uh, there's another design director called uh, Julian Q, who was helping during that phase as well. We saw this tiny little sketch on his little notepad and we thought, that's it. That, that literally is the one. Uh, we sort of took that logo, macked it up. And then with Daisy and Alistar, the designers started to develop it even further and started creating the symbol that you guys have seen today. Yeah, I think it, it really is fantastic because I remember seeing it without reading any of the explanation. And at first I scrolled through it and I thought, oh, cute, a one with a ball, uh, with a period as a ball. And they were like, no, wait, like the, that piece of the one is about to kick the ball. What is going on? So like, it, I don't say this often, but it, it literally blew my mind uh, in the best possible way. And it's, uh, it's rare to find icons nowadays that sort of that have that playfulness that... You know, we take for granted in logos from the 1960s and 70s when there was nothing else out there. So it was a little bit easier to create this sort of uh, surprising icons that were very minimalist, very simplistic. So I think uh, achieving that with such a broad subject as as football, I think it's quite remarkable. Uh, So Ulf, uh, what was the reaction for you and your team when you first saw the, the icon? Yeah, I guess it's for for everyone the very same um, as you also experienced it. So you look at it, you think, ah, okay, there is a one, of course, because we are one football. And then always with the second step where you see, oh, no, fuck, it's also a football that is kicked by by two legs. Then it's like, this is always the mind-blowing moment. And I, I still experience it pretty much every day while people looking at it. And in the first moment, it's like, oh, okay, it's a logo. And the second thing is, no, it's a really, really good logo. And yeah, this this excitement excites me also all, all the time. And because back then they did, um, they, they presented two different um, logos, and there was no question that it would be this direction. 
Yeah, that was going to be my follow-up question, if there had been another or other multiple options. What did the other ones sort of look like? And we don't have to get into a big detail, but just to to see what else you were faced with uh, to compare and contrast. It was actually, it was a scarf that was uh, formed into an F. And then in the scarf on the bottom, like, or in this F on the bottom, there was a little one. So it was a bit more of a illustrative approach. But yeah, I mean, if you compared these two directions, it was so clear that it needs to be the, the one that it is today. And then internally, was the second option kind of like, well, let's, let's see, let's bring it along and see how far it gets. But like deep down, did you know or did you wish that that first option was the one? I think I love them both equally. <laughs> well said, well said. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love both routes. I think uh, the logo in particular for what, what we went with eventually was definitely the better logo. The design routes and the expression of the system, I think, was, was equally good on both. Someone in the comments mentioned that when they saw the logo, their, one of their first expectations was to see an animation where that swinging leg sort of kicks the ball. And I'll admit, like I was uh, sort of expecting that, but I can see how that could be an obvious choice that you wanted to avoid. Uh, so did you consider that at all? Yeah, we definitely did consider it, but we thought it would lose its, its magic and it might become a bit too, too cheesy. So we sort of steered uh, clear away from that. I agree. I think it would be cheesy, but I think it will also be somewhat satisfying in just seeing, you know, that that one leg kick the shit out of that ball. Um, So speaking to the identity system, um, you know, after the icon, which, like I mentioned, it has like this very old school approach to it. uh, But then the identity becomes heavily younger. And we've talked about how the audience plays um, a role in that. Um, But how did you arrive at this visual territory with the patterns and the bright colors and uh, the animation, which instead of uh, the the icon kicking the ball, it goes into more of a dynamic, almost like auto-generated, responsive animation? Mm, I think it, it sort of goes back to our, our strategy. And, and what we wanted to do is visualize hype. And, you know, we talk about pre-game, mid-game and, and post-game. It's how do we uh, show hype in that visual expression across those three sort of states? Um, so what was really important is that our identity needs to be calm at certain points, but then it needs to get really excited and be really vibrant at some points as well. And because we're talking to an audience that is, uh, that is quite contradictory, that, that, that embraces so many things. It had to, we had to take references from fashion, from music, from football, and sort of merge them all together. So we started by taking elements from football itself, and we wanted to add visual hype to them. So our patterns are basically the shapes that come from our symbol, from the actual logo mark itself, but then also from the world of football. So it's the the, the hexagon comes from the patch from the football itself. It can come from um, the corner flag that you see on the sides, and it's inspired by some of the, the kits that we've seen throughout the years. And then our colors, again, just come from the world of football it's the it's the grass it's the sky it's the it's the corner flag but what was important is that we take these base colors and then we sort of tweaked everything so it had this vibrancy and had this energy that represented the hype so it was calm when it needed to be and energetic when it needed to be as well and then in addition to that we sort of developed these bespoke numbers as well so inspired by that our symbol we wanted to have that same flavor but we wanted to make sure that it was still functional so when it was used for scores or for certain uh, hero things uh, it was still very clear and functional at the same point. 
then we just took all those things and, and sort of slapped them together into, into a generator so we could start to create uh, amazing graphics that can be reused over and over. I think what was essential for us is that when football creates so much content, whether it's on, on YouTube or if it's on Instagram or anything like that, we didn't want this to become boring. We wanted it to become exciting and you always see something different in time. And I think that's where that generator really sort of came to fruition. When I was writing about it, it's like I'm sitting back, just like, eh, here's another review that I have to do. And then you're hit with all this stuff, all this visual stimulus. And you're like, whoa, like take it down a notch. But I think it captures that sense of going from hype to excitement and back and forth uh, many times. So, Ulf, what was the most exciting part or what is the most exciting part about this new identity system that you have to work with? First, I definitely have to mention that it's a system because, you know, everything that we had before was dedicated to just being a small little app where we needed an app icon uh, and a bit of color to be represented by that. Uh, and all the other materials were more internal. And yeah, with what I said in the very beginning, like we created over the years the need for something so much bigger. And this is now a system that you can really apply to all the various touch points that we are dealing with today. And uh, with what Vinny said before, I think the very coolest thing is by far this hype generator and or this hype mechanism uh, that we can cover all these, all these different emotions. Because one important thing to mention is the football we do have in our app is the, the, the top football in the world. And... For us, still a quite small company, it is quite difficult to get the licenses for, you know, to, to get the, the image material for showing matches of Chelsea, Arsenal, Real Madrid, Barcelona, uh, Bayern Munich and so on, because obviously they, they have bigger, bigger marketing deals. And whenever we would like to use it in a, any kind of a marketing purpose, then we would need to have the license for it and, and pay quite some money for it. So that means everything that we had before was, was lacking any kind of emotion. This big football that we are talking about and this, this hype mechanism does play it quite well because A, it is emotional and B, it covers all these different steps of being quite sad or being super hyped. Yeah, that's an interesting challenge that obviously I hadn't, hadn't thought about because it's not my business to think about that stuff. But what that does with the generator is that, yes, you, you're now able to generate your own hype. Now you have between your app, social media channels, YouTube, you reach more than 70 million people. How does having such a large readership influence the rollout of the identity? And just in how do you call them, quote marks. Um, um, we, we just did a redesign uh, where the exercise that we were running together with uh, Design Studio was also including a brand strategy. And there, there's so many promises that we are making in the strategy that isn't applied yet to all these touch points because it, it, it does take time. In the first step, we just applied these design changes and, uh, and where we are quite careful about the change that we are applying. So that means everything that the user knew from before is still there, it's just painted in new colors and everything that will come with a brand strategy will be applied step by step 
uh, with dedicated features or over time, like also with our with all the activities that we are doing outside of the app. But yeah, it, it will take time. And with the first things we did, um, we didn't risk too much. Because yeah, as you mentioned, with the 2014 change, you experienced some of that negative feedback. But you know, even when you push uh, something on social on Instagram, say where you have, I think something like 1.8 million followers, is there a, a hint of nervousness about releasing anything with a new design when you first started? To to be honest, not at all. Uh, I guess that's just my my very personal feeling. We we ran through this exercise with Design Studio and everything that we are with, that we created. I'm so proud of, and I'm so confident that this is the right approach. There there might be some some short term dips uh, in in some reactions because yes, it's something new and not probably not everyone might like it from the very beginning. But I have such a big belief that this is the right thing to do, that I kept myself free from all these all these thoughts around like, hey, what happens if? Of course, I have to say like, I mean, I I'm not running this company. I'm I'm one piece of it. Uh, you could probably can ask Lucas uh, Lucas van Kranach, our CEO, who probably has a, a slightly little different. Uh, opinion on that. But for me, or spoken for the brand team, we are super confident uh, and happy and proud what what we achieved together. And I think it's, uh, it's something that we don't speak about often about how important it is for the client to have confidence in the design, that then it can withstand whatever criticism comes its way. And it's uh, whatever... Uh, you see people react negatively to a redesign and then it gets taken back. That's when you realize, so like they, the, the client didn't have enough confidence in the design solution to stand behind it and weather the storm. So Vinny, with that large same audience in mind and given how vocal football fans can be, were you at all concerned about how the logo would be received once it got out into the world? Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, Wim Football have got a super large fan base, especially across uh, YouTube and Insta, and they're definitely vocal. They're not scared to voice their opinions. Um, but I think we were just, just went with that gut feeling and we sort of knew it was the right answer internally. And then when we shared it with One Football, uh, we've got that exact same response. So I think over time, that confidence has grew and, and we just with it. And Ulf, uh, what was the reaction like both from the audience and then also like another segment that we haven't talked about is the, you know, the companies that advertise on the app. Uh, what were those reactions like? Yeah, I mean, on, on the audience side, um, so there in general, we were quite well prepared from Design Studio, uh, by Design Studio uh, from, from former uh, projects, shitstorms that can happen like it was with the Premier League or B&B, like where people are taking the logo and then turn it into something different. Uh, so we were actually quite prepared for quite a big shitstorm or we were ready to, to take it basically. Uh, but so far, I have to say that the audience is, is super positive about the things that they're seeing. I don't want to say that there are negative voices. There are. So there are people saying like, hey, where is my green? Hey, why things have to be changed? Everything was so good. Now I have to watch for a new football app, whatever. Like all these comments are there, but it's, it's simply not the majority. Like the majority does like it. 
Uh, and the biggest reactions we got were actually not the design itself. It was about the fact that we didn't have um, the dark mode in the very beginning when we released our first beta version. So I was quite surprised. I mean, I thought people are reacting to the new typeface. There were little comments about it, uh, which I also consider as something positive because it does feel so natural. You know, it, it, it is something that is new and especially for us. But it, it's nothing that feels so experimental. It's straight to the point. It's an evolution of our old logo. It is, does speak one football. It does speak football. So I think lots of people don't think too much about it as long as we deliver the content. And then uh, the B2B side that you were talking about, there, all the feedbacks we got, like everything was super crazy. Everyone was super impressed and excited. Like everyone was saying, hey, this is not just a new design. This is going to lift you on, on higher levels. Like this is the, what we, how we perceived you guys when you talked to us. And now it's also represented in the design, um, which is obviously um, a very nice confirmation for, for the work um, together with Design Studio. Yeah, so I think now they have this great design system, I think it's uh, going back to what we were talking about originally, that people were lacking that connection between the great app and the brand recognition, and you, that one football was behind it. I think now with this really memorable, iconic symbol that is a gateway into the app, and then all this other hype around it that you can build on it through your different uh, social media channels and you know, on YouTube, etc. I think that will, I mean, I don't think, I think I'm pretty sure that it will begin to create that brand recognition. And somewhat selfishly, I'm just glad that we have a new icon to talk about and to use as a standard for comparing other icons because I, you know, I don't want to give you too much praise, Vinny and Design Studio, but I think what you did here is pretty remarkable. I think it will be something that we keep referencing for some time. So it's uh, great that it's for an app that so many people around the world can enjoy. So thank you, Ulf and Vinny, for being on the follow-up. And that's our show. Thank you, Armin, for having us. Thank you very much for having us. Uh, it was a lovely chat. Young, old, somewhere in between. In the end, it's the love of football that drives engagement between fans and want football's coverage of the sport. With this new identity, they can now modulate the hype visually and with confidence to fit that wide spectrum. And lastly, one more tip of the hat to Design Studio for introducing an icon for the ages. Today, thanks for listening. Until next time, we'll be here. We hope you'll be there.